Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm thrilled today. You know, it's like when you have, you know, I have guests who I, you know, I don't know that well or... And I learn about them, you know, when I do my research. But I have known this guest for so long. We can't say. It's really long. It's longer than a lot of people who are famous stand-up comedians who are famous right now, who've been alive. Anyway, but fuck them. They suck. (laughs) Anyway, um, she has the best laugh. Um, She's an icon. She is really, you know, I I don't use this word really at all ever because I kind of hate it when people use it, but it really does. She is unique. She is fucking, I'm not kidding. I never use that word because it's, you know, so overused. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only writer, host, author, comedian, feminist, 
Becca Peters is here, everyone. Woo! Thank you, Judy. Thank that you. was a good intro. I like that. <laughs> that was intro. lovely. I loved it. Um, I loved it. Thank you so much, Beth. I uh, uh, people don't know, but I know you since the mid '80s. I knew you. You still have your spit curl. All right, shut the fuck up. We're not talking about that. That was you were. Yeah, no, I loved it. No, we knew each other from the day, and I've been a big fan of yours from oh. the beginning. Um, you were always inspiring and funny, and I loved how you were. You had such a. I mean, you would come into the club, you'd be listening to your sets or music, you were working, you were just really working. I mean, I, in a really, really inspiring way. I just knew you were, you were so focused on what you were doing. You weren't bullshitting around, you weren't there to kill time. That's one of my biggest pet peeves in, in comedy is the killing time sort of aesthetic. I don't know, what else do I have to say? I mean, if anybody ever, I've ever seen anyone on stage so it's like, so anyway, what else? I'm like, oh, I know, I, uh, I like know that's so eat. fun. Yeah, I was, I was always hyper focused about, and I have the worst ADD because uh, I wanted to be a great comedian. Like I really wanted to be a great comedian, and you know those Thursday nights at Comedy U Grant, mm, yeah, which is where I met so many women. So before we get to Beth's childhood which <laughs> which we will be getting to even though she doesn't think we are <laughs> anyway the we there was a club down on 55 grand street in soho remember bert soho. bert, bert. Yeah. i bert, mean bert bert and what was the other and that was that that was the answering machine message welcome to comedy you grand on 55 grand street in soho but so i did <laughs> in doing research for my book I was looking up old ads in the newspaper for shows because this literally was the, this is how I met all the women comedians because Thursday nights was all women. And it was the only place we could go and work together because no other clubs put more than one woman on a show, if that. And remember, we got $5.00. Oh my God, I did forget that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. we remember you'd go to the booth and you'd see the lineup on the wall. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, I met pretty much every female comic who was in New York and performance artists like Reno was there. There were Reno a lot there, of. Yeah. And it was these two guys, Bert and the other guy who had a porno, who made porno films. I want to say Larry, but I don't know if that's uh, right. It was a Jewy name, and he was really not attractive, but he made It was porno. really about Bert. Bert was really mm-hmm. the one. He had, he had a passion for it. Yeah. You know, in the comedy business, you come across people who have a passion for comedy and some who don't. Right. I, he, I always got the feeling he really did love. He loved it. He loved, loved it. it. Yeah. And he, but here's the thing that really got me. So I, I look, I was looking in the archives of, you know, like New York times and the village voice and all that stuff. And it, the ads for that show. Oh my God. It was uh comedy grand, all female comedians. It was so oh. redundant, oh. you know, <laughs> like female actresses, <laughs> right? It was, it, and I was like, and I mean, oh we God. haven't come that far. We haven't moved that much further. No, with not that you know. Um, uh, wow, but you don't see the word comedians too much anymore. No, but people what... try to put it in. Like, do you want to be a comedian? And I'm like, no, no, I don't. I never wanted that. No, I mean, what is that? It's ugh. ugh. 
Um, I only went there, I mean, because it was in Soho, so I felt comfortable. I was like, all right, right. well, it's in Soho, so. eh, So the downtown people. Yeah, it was a downtown. So a little bit about Beth. Beth, uh, you're from New Haven, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. have a brother, Michael. Uh (laughs) You think I don't do my research. Oh, my God. Um. Your mother, Rita, who recently, she just passed. She passed a little before a year ago. Yeah, a little yeah. over a year ago. Yeah. Oh, she seemed like such a, an incredible woman. She was a fighter, as we say. And is your father Marty? or no? Marty. Marty. Yeah. Marty. Um, hi, Dad. I'm sure he'll listen. Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. Hi, Marty. Marty, <laughs> Rita, Michael, and Beth. Marty, Rita, Michael, Beth. Um and you sort, it seemed like from what the research I did, which is very hard to find out about you growing up. Uh, yeah, there's, there's stories to tell, but it's not really out there. But I'll right. tell to you. It's, I'll tell you. Oh, good. I can't wait. Um, but it seemed pretty normal. Your mother belonged to the synagogue. She sta- She was very artsy and craftsy. Mm-hmm. And your father was like a salesman, right? Mm-hmm. Or a, and after, so... It seemed like and Shmata uh, business. Think, Ring your bell, Shmatas. Yeah, Shmatas, <laughs> all this kind and, and then she ended up working with him. At, uh, listen to this. At a, they bought with some friends. He he started out in the men's fine clothing business, you know, uh-huh. like Gant and Sierra shirts, and they ended up buying a uh parochial school uniform company. No. Yeah. Fucking in New Haven. Fucking so, way. Yeah. And he once said to me <laughs> You're going to love this. If you ever want to feel Jewish, try selling parochial school uniforms to nuns. <laughs> I remember when I first moved to New York, they had some leftovers and my, my loft mate and I took them to some, ta- you know, you know, swap meat and try, we didn't sell one, you know. Right, right. Like, oh my God. That yeah. is fucking. And then they turned it into a golf uniform business. Yeah, because your mother liked to golf. They both golf. They're oh. both golfers, yeah. Um, so that's fucking amazing. Yeah, did they do crazy. gym uniforms? Because that was the fucking bane of my existence. No, they only did the, the they just did those skirts. Did you wear a gym uniform? I, you know, I guess. I think. I hate, I can't. I hated I, gym. I hated gym. I didn't want a gym. I hated I gym. Try being six feet tall and going to gym, okay? Yeah. And going to the locker room. I had no interest. I do yeah. have one really great gym memory. Well, uh, two things about gym. My best friend in seventh grade, whose name was Hillary. Um, Jewish? Mm-hmm. Okay. Also uh, came out to me when I was 21 and said she had been in love with me the whole time, which was no way. That was fun, yeah. And um, we did have we were inseparable for a number for like three years. Anyway, right. she was very athletic, huh? And she was a tennis player. And, what um, shocking! And so I used to cheat on my gym tests with her. But I remember we were one day doing hurdles, and we had this other friend named Betsy, and she was just like a little blonde. And I remember she was saying. I just can. I mean, I'm a girl. And, and, and I, and I said to her, you can't say that. Like, I hate you right. too, but like, you can't say that. Right. And at that moment, Gloria Steinem walked by. No and fucking I, way. Like it was, she was like speaking at the school. She was an no, old girl. Wait, you're, you're, do- you're lying. I'm not lying to you. And it was just like, well, this is, it was like, you know, the angel trumpet. Right, 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 like, right. And she looked at me and she like passed the baton of feminism. She was like, that is right. Correct. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? 
I that's fucking amazing. Yeah. Okay. You. I read in an article that you were in. You were hospitalized when you were five. I was. I had an an autoimmune disease called ITP, and um, you know they don't know why you get it exactly. They thought maybe it was an allergic reaction to aspirin, but maybe at the it really was just like a bruise on my stomach, and they thought maybe it was leukemia. And, um, oh, and your poor was, parents. They, yeah, but they, they were fine. I mean, the thing about my childhood that took me so long to realize, so much therapy, um, they, it was all fine. Everything was fine. There was no drama. It was all like underneath. Right, right, right. In my first therapy, my parents, the therapist was, so you're in the hospital, you're five. They, and how were your, you know, how was your mom? Oh, she was fine. So you're in the hospital, you're five. They think you're going to die. How was your mom? No, she was fine. So you're in the hospital and you're five. You know, it was like, oh, oh. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but um, I really, it was very, it was so confounding. And it's, it's maybe one thing that makes me unique. Uh, because I felt fine. I did feel fine. There was nothing wrong with me, but then I thought I was going to die. So you have no sense then of like, am I okay? You never really know if you're okay because you feel fine. And you, then it turned out you were maybe going to die, even though you felt fine. Right. So you're five. Yeah. Do you, do you remember what you could, you know, cognitively? I remember so much about that. The, the, there's so much about that experience that I really do is burned in. Um, and really did shape me. I'm sure I'm a comedian because of that, you know. Really? Oh, because it was so... Um, okay, here are a few things. Okay. One, I incredible pain. It didn't hurt, but then uh, a few years ago, my mom was in the hospital, we were waiting for... In the, what do you talk about in while you're waiting for someone having an operation, you know? Right. It can't be too light, it can't be too heavy. So I said to my dad... <laughs> You know, it's like I'm trying to find the thing, right. you know. I said, like, hey, Dad, I have a memory. Here's a memory that I don't understand. I mean, was I abducted by aliens right. or something? I remember lying on a table, and there's like, and I'm screaming, and there's like a big light hanging over me. I was abducted, right? Right. And he's, oh, that must have been your spinal tap. So, like, this is, I'm already fully grown up, you know. Right, and right, I'm like, right. Oh, no, I don't remember that. Spinal tap when I spy. So there's the screaming, the constant screaming, and then there's also the needles, the taking of blood all the time. And they right, always right. used to say, "It's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt." So really, the I wish they wouldn't do that. Like, they, why don't they can't just say it's it, like just say it's going to pinch, it's going to hurt. You know, just fucking say it because then you're and like, then it's uh oh, be over. Yeah, right. And then it's going to end. And that's right. what life is. You under you pain passes. It's for right. the moment. And it was such a like huge lesson that I had to, you know, unlearn. If you're going to talk about the un and what the un thing is, it's like, and we're all unlearning now so much, right. you know. So, uh, you know, the unlearning that and, and, um, and the trying to make things okay for people, you know, trying to, oh, it's okay, I'm sick, but it's okay, uh, dancing monkey, you know. And, and there were two things that happened. One was um, I remember being in the hallway one day and some kids were playing doctor and and i said to myself that's a why are we playing doctor i mean we're in the hospital can't we think of any school or house or, like anything to get the hell out of like the hospital i mean astronauts something i 
I love that. And, and I mean, I'm not a doctor either, like sexy doctor, like, you know, fake shots. Right, right, right. So like, and then when I was after a New York comedy and I came to LA and I'm working in the clubs and the clubs here were just even worse than New York for me. And I just didn't like, it was just, everything was a showcase. And right, right. I just, I just, I loved comedy so much. I had so fallen in love with comedy and I hated at the same time the way it was being done. And I kept having this thought, like, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. And then I followed Andrew Dice Clay one night at the comedy store and like hated him for his, you know, women hating things and then hated the audience for laughing at him and then hated myself for hating everyone because I don't do well with hate and I don't believe in it. And, and then I get on stage and I'm like, oh, ah, I, don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I'm just, oh, I'm bad. Goodbye. You know, that must, I'm sure that was right, right, right. Never mind. I'm bad. Right. So, uh, and I really was so motivated to do something else. And then I remembered again, the hospital, there's got to be a better way. And I just thought, you know what I didn't ever do in the hospital was suggest a different game. I just sat in the hall and thought, why are they playing that? And right. Thought, if you don't like the way the comedy world is, then fucking do something right. about it. Right. So it was because I think of the hospital experience that I understood my responsibility. Do you think it, it, it took... Well, it took years of therapy to understand that hospital experience. No, I actually I haven't even had, ho really, I had that before therapy. I understood that. It was later on with the pain stuff to the therapy, right. but that one I ha actually did get on my own. So, like, you're five and you're, you're like, what, what do you understand about death? Like, you understand at five that you're going to die. It's right. like a whole different, like, life. It's a different thing with your life. Because there are kids dying. Like, kids are dying. And because you're also surrounded by, you're in a hospital with kids who are sick. Yeah. I mean, and oh, yeah. Your what, yeah. is your brother younger or older than you? Younger. Older. Younger. Okay. Older. Uh, you know what? You are an oldest. You totally seem like an oldest. <laughs> Bossy. Yeah. Bossy Betty. Bossy. <laughs> Do it, so, I'll, I'll tell you how it's going to go. So they never ever let on that they were fucking freaking out mm -mm. they weren't there that much it's not like now where you can be with your kids i know it i remember like, it i was like bye i had I a mean, hernia when i was nine right? oh ow and that was i was in the hospital for a week right and it's you know they come for an hour or two like yeah. that was it and yeah. you're sitting there and you kind of learn how to like navigate. Okay, if I want this, I got to talk to that one. I got, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but it's you're... true. They didn't sit like when Ben. Ben was really sick, and he was, uh, I guess he was like five weeks old, and he had a spinal tap. Ugh. Oh, oh and my god! Bad. Oh, at five weeks old. Yeah, oh my they. God. And because he had a high, high fever, and they thought he had maybe had meningitis. Oh my it's god. Only, what and was it was it? September 13th, 2001. It was hell. Oh my God. Anyway, but I literally stayed in the, I was in the hospital with him the whole time. Yeah. That's how it is now. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why, I, this, this is why these are things that make us who we are and not this like a coddled, everyone gets a fucking trophy bullshit <laughs> that has ruined <laughs> everything. <laughs>
Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. I also got my first press in the hospital. I mean, it really, really, really shaped my life. Yeah, you I, took your first what? My first piece of press. Like there's a oh, oh, you did? You got- in, there's a giant picture in the Providence Journal, like huge. Right. And I'm sitting on my bed all dressed up. I mean, I used to, I mean, I was all dressed up. There are pictures of me playing in the sandbox and party dresses. Right. I'm like, mm-hmm. Sounds uh-huh. great. So, yeah. And so I'm like, mm-hmm, sitting on my, and I'm playing with an Etch-A-Sketch, and um, I'm surrounded by nurses, and they're all looking down at me with their little hat, little white nurse hats. Right. And this was like such a proto Lesi, um, if only I had, been, you know, a little more L, a little less B. And um, anyway, the, the thing under it says, all the girls are interested in Beth. <laughs> patient you know pretends to play while surrounded by student nurses or something like that and it was just like that and that and that was you know here you are I mean it's this is your public self you're dressed up in a hospital I mean because I used to go out and play and then one day I was actually sick and with a cold and so I was in bed and I was doing paint by number and the nurse said to me don't spill it and I knew I would spill it. So I also <laughs> learned that like your mind creates a lot of your reality. Right. And um, I always thought, why did I get this thing? And then I, I, my joke was always, my family was so claustrophobic. I had to get out of there somewhere. I mean, <laughs> this was my joke. Wait, and, 
<laughs> so close. My family was like a double date. It was like my mom and dad. And my parents were very like this. And my brother and I, I don't know. It just seemed very like, I got to get out. And, um, and then I was once reading Louise Hay's book and I looked up my disease and it was like, you're, and I looked up my, you know, the blood disease thing. And it was like claustrophobia in family or something. No way. Yeah. So I was like, oh. Wait, so how long were you in the hospital? I, you know, I can't get a straight answer. My, my there's no history of my, uh, like a month, two months. They're like, a month oh my God, that's such a long time. That's like Perfect. a large chunk of your life when you're five years old. Yeah. And then I wasn't getting better, but what I ended up, I did actually, I'm in medical case books because it finally did reverse. It would reverse itself when I would get sick and then your platelets and then finally I got a cold and my platelets went up and they stayed and, but it was longer than they can take out your spleen and thank God I had a very conservative doctor and they waited and waited and also so lessons of patience waiting and waiting wow that is did any like so you're in the paper it weren't the relatives like like best in the hospital what's going on (laughs) i think they all knew i don't know we were living in providence the whole family were from new haven as you mentioned and my parents met in junior high school and uh, stayed together forever. And they never were with anyone else. My, I mother know- said, my mother would say this. I went swim on a date with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> and I think my dad did have another. I mean, I think in college. Was, was, it your, did your fa- was your father in the military or no? He was. He wasn't in a war, though. He was Right. In, but, to, in, you know, they probably fool around with the other. No, they were living together. He didn't go off to war. He was working oh in like the CIA or some intelligence thing where he's had right. to take pictures. And, and yeah. they lived to, my mom lived with him. They were together. So since junior high school? She was in junior high school. He was in ninth grade. Wow. Can you crazy? imagine? Can you imagine? I mean, it's no. insane. It's insane. That's the only penis she has ever seen. Well, she's seen other penises. She saw my brother's penis. Right. Him and, so your father, and Marty and Michael. That's it. And There's... anything on TV. I don't know what her TV was. <laughs> <laughs> so did you go to, pu- you, did you go to public school? I went to, uh, I went to in Providence, a teacher's college school, which was, um, and then I was too, I was too smart. I'm at the birthday thing. So instead of, I was done with kindergarten, but too young for first grade. So they put me in something called transition, which I think also focused me on my obsession with change and shipping and, you know, and it was very individually oriented and you read books with the teacher and you learn writing. Listen to this. You would take your finger and trace the letter on sandpaper letters. It was the most sensual like, that's how I learned to write, was tracing letters. No way. And paper letters. And then you would go to the chalkboard and do it. It was very sensual and beautiful. But and I amazing. think that's so important because I know, you know, I play the piano, so that I feel that. But also, when I write my jokes and I, you know, like, I handwrite everything. It's because right. there's something about that the tactile thing yeah. and your brain and, Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, I love also working on the computer. I love both of them. I just right. love writing. I love the experience of writing. And then sometimes I just love talking. But right. word, just the love of words. I'm, and I'm jealous that you have the piano thing. It seems to me that would be one of the greatest. I know. But I think that, you know, I had such bad ADD, like ADD. Did it help with your, um, did it help you? It's still, um, I mean, I'm better now because I know what it is. I mean, but... 
that the thing about music, I could sit there for hours. That was the only thing that I could sit. And I think the, you know, I would read books, but I couldn't finish them a lot of the time, but I could read a piece of music and like really remember that. And, and, and I think, thank God for music or I would be illiterate. You know, that I always think that. That's amazing. That's such um, a gift. Oh my God. But now I read all the time, but it, I, but I, you know, you're not diagnosed. You think of all the kids who were like, you know, at weird. Or, I, I think I, I'm just recently, my therapist said to me, yeah, I think you have a little ADD. Did you ever think about that? And then, I mean, just now, like last right. week. And also she says, I have something called executive brain function. Oh, disorder. I, I do. I have that. Mazel tov, Simmons Tubbin, Mazel Tubbin, Mazel Tubbin. I have executive, I have no, like, I can't, don't even tell me. And it, not only, mine's so bad that it makes me fucking, if someone said, okay, we're going to do a, uh, we're going to do a PowerPoint of the, I, I like, right? brain explosion. And, and you know, this is the funny, you'll guess. So, so she said, look into that. Go Google it. See what it is. See what you think. Yeah. So I took a page of notes. And when I was done looking at the page of notes, they looked like such chaos. Right. I was like, my page of notes about this proves that I have it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking, yeah, I have it so bad. It's but like, also, I have you to- know. I don't drink anymore, but I think for a long time, the reason I drank at the drink, <laughs> the reason I drank at the end of the day was because my brain was so overloaded with like, I couldn't handle, because I do all these executive, I, I built a life where I have to right. have executive functioning. And it's so, that's what, like I try to explain to Elisa, who, it, you know, is a therapist, but she works in her family's, he, she runs her family's business now, but you know, she knows that I have. Are they all therapists? No, she's. Oh, a, oh she's she just, she okay. stops seeing patients and now oh, runs okay. this real estate. Her family's real estate, and she really loves it. Anyway, um, that was sarcastic. It's <laughs> like think. you know, just it, she has to work. It, just imagine that you all the shit you have with your family, uh, um, but they they they're like they're really um, incredibly nice people. But, but, you know, whatever shit you have with them, that you have to, like, be with them every day in a work environment. Too. Like, I'd fucking kill myself. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I have no executive function, and I have um, this, you know, terrible AGT. And so, you know, when we get in these fights, and, you know, you get so – people don't understand – like when your brain is overloaded, like if I'm focusing on something and she comes in and is like, um, oh, I made reservations. And I'm like, no, I can't, <laughs> I can't go there. Like, it's like a train going through my brain. Like I'm never going to be able to go back to the point where I was just at. No, you ruined everything. And it's, it's awful. It's and she's like, you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like to have to live with someone with ADHD. And I'm like, I'm like, and so you know, I think you know, uh, you drank, but I smoked pot starting like at sixteen. I was like, it's oh, the only too, thing yeah. that would like calm my brain. I don't brain. think the pot really helped the, this though. I mean, I feel like for me, the pot might have made it worse. I yeah. stopped well, smoking before I stopped drinking because. Yeah. It was the pot got so strong. It was like, but it's so weird when your brain and like, it's why did it take me till my fifties to like accept that about myself? You know what know. I mean? And I, used to, or, I, I don't know if you, I would get so mad at myself. Like, why, why? 
why? Why? You know, I I did actually found a big. I, I mean, I just found workarounds that kept me from knowing. Like basically, I after high school went to Brown. Yes, I know. We didn't get there yet. Go ahead. Oh, and at Brown, I made up a. This was what I majored in at Brown: modes of expression, art, <laughs> dance, and writing. <laughs> I never took one class. <laughs> I, I just, I took all my courses pass fail or SNC as it was called. Right. Factory, no credit. You couldn't fail. And, um, and I got notes from teachers that tell me I did well. And I wrote papers about literature, Greek literature. And I just did a total workaround. You did. Was, yeah. You, you found I didn't it know I had it. I just worked around it without even knowing it was like, la, la, la. I don't see that bush. La, 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 <laughs> Wait, modes of expression. What is it? Dance? Art, art dance, and writing. Yeah, art, I did dance. a lot of visual art. Yeah. I yeah, I know. Okay, I didn't yeah. get there yet. Yeah. Uh, Oh, all right. All right. Wait. So, all right. Back to New Haven. So now we're oh, back God. in New Haven. In right. the, uh, so, we're, so was it? Oh, did, and then I did go to, I went to public school until sixth grade. My dad and I had the same sixth grade teacher. No way. Yeah. Mrs. Quinn. And, um, and then. Wait, uh, were you always were, like really smart getting straight A's? And I was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's not no, 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 no. Um, I, I often got straight A's, but then there were certain things that were very hard for me to learn. And then I just, I found work, like I was really bad at languages. I went to a private school in junior high school. All those girls had been in private school since day one. Right. They all knew French. Then I had to learn French and Latin and I couldn't learn it and I couldn't memorize. So I dropped out of Latin. And, you know, I just, I tried to just do less. I found what kept finding ways. And then when I changed, I changed schools again. And then I was in this class. This is so perfectly explains executive function disorder. So I'm in this class called historiography taught by actually one of president Garfield's like great grandsons who looks just like Henry Ford. I don't know why that's just <laughs> by the way. And, um, and, and he gave us this assignment. Okay, you got like 25 facts, 50 facts. I don't remember how many. You got a bucket load of facts, and then you had to order them. Okay. So I go Forget home, it. I do it. I call my friend Bob. Hey, Bob, 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 how's it going, Bob? So he's, yeah, my God, this is so hard. I'm like, hard? This took like five minutes. He's like, this is so hard. I was like, well, if you say so. And I, F. I mean, just like, I couldn't even see the problem of ordering the events. I was right. Like, oh, this is so easy. Just like, there you go. I couldn't see it. Right. But I don't know how I thought. I just, yes, yeah, so I wrote good essays. I, I got my Wait, English. Wait, but you know, here's one of the things that I can't do with my fucking disease is take multiple choice tests. Yeah. I can ace it like nothing. You can do it? Yeah, you can't do that. Oh, I can't. Oh, I, I can do that. I read into every. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. Well, I can't take, if, like, a if this happened, then that would be true. Like, I cannot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. There's no, it's, there's no black and white with me. It's like, so did you go to he Hebrew school? Yeah, I know you went to, to the synagogue. Shalom. 
Uh, I went to Hebrew school until sixth grade. And then in seventh grade, when I would have gotten my bas mitzvah, I was given the choice whether or not I wanted to go or not. And I. Okay, what is that? Like, I grew up in Jew jail, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, this is how bad it is, okay? This is how bad. My Shabbat candle, okay? And my mother was like, okay, not only Jew jail, uh, not, we, I had to go to Hebrew school. I had to go to Hebrew high school, Hebrew high school. Oh, in a way, I wish I had it. Why did, I wish get, I had. did your brother get bar I bet your brother got yeah. bar mitzvah. I know. It's great. It's like that thing. Right. My brother got bar mitzvah and I didn't. And I wish I had. And, you know, as I've gotten older, the Jewish thing has become more important as right. every part of my spirituality. I right. mean, you know, the meditation, the chanting, the yoga, the Judaism, all of it. I mean, I, and I guess at a certain point, I've heard a million people do this joke now, so I never do it, but that mean my earliest joke, and I had never heard anyone do it at the time. Maybe I was first, who knows, anyway. Not Jewish, I'm not a Jew, I'm Jewish, ish, ish, ish. I feel right. vaguely, I think my thing was like, I feel vaguely uh, anxious, vaguely something, vaguely like having a nosh. A nosh is a very vague thing. Right. It's not even a real meal. It's just a vague snack. It's not a snack. It's not even a snap. A snack is a clear proportion on a small plate. A nosh is something you have just whenever from the bag, when you're hungry or not. That is so fucking funny. And, Did, and then uh, I started to think about, thank you, about what kind I of think um, I, is that a, an, Is that an old joke? It's very old. Yeah, I remember you doing that. Okay. (laughs) That is so old, yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, um, Yeah, so old. Hey, everyone. You know what I just did? I tore, I poured, and I enjoyed a packet of Liquid IV. Because I love Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a major part of my life. And... I just worked out with my trainer and I had a delicious lemon ginger liquid IV. That one has a little extra. That has a little green tea in it. And so that's a little caffeinated. So I enjoy that because I needed it today. And you know, it's getting warmer out. And what does that mean? Summer. Oh God, please come. It can't come soon enough. And that means you have to hydrate And that's what Liquid IV does. It hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. And it has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in one little stick. And that's why Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Okay? And I love it. I use it every day. Ben's basketball team uses it. It is a science-backed formula that works. It keeps you hydrated. And they have sugar-free. They have sugar-free packets in white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime. Okay? I didn't do the sugar-free. Okay. But Elisa does the sugar-free. So what are you going to do? You're going to stay hydrated because it's very, very important. 
And Liquid IV has been a longtime sponsor and I love them and they are a quality product. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to turn your ordinary, ordinary, can't speak, turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JUDYGOLD at checkout. That's J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code JUDYGOLD, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, can't even say my name, at liquidiv.com. Got it? You're welcome. Were you popular? Were you popular? Because this is what I was trying to figure out when I was researching you. I'm like, if I was popular? No, I was trying to figure because I was so unpopular. So it's like I'd still have an obsession. But my, I, I was thinking, would she have been, she would have been one of those people, this is what I think, and then you can tell me. Okay. Because uh, now think of the largest, per, like this abnormally large person who is, you know, funny, but awkward, smart, like nerdy, but not, you know. Yeah. And I didn't have a lot of friends and all the, everyone teased me all the time, but I think you would have, I think- yeah, I think yeah. I would have, there were like the smart girls. There were some smart, like really artsy smart girls who like totally love me. Like I would have loved you. I love you now and I would have loved you then. Uh, um, but you were popular, I, weren't you? You were, I, I could just see you with the cigarette, like fucking <laughs> Miss Cool, like, oh, Beth Lapidus. <laughs> oh, did you hear about Beth Lapidus? And the, oh, yes. That's what I think. But I went to very small schools and it wasn't like, when I see this whole thing about clickiness and like mean girls, like we didn't really have that. I mean, it just wasn't more, I don't know. I mean, maybe I didn't see it because I was it. Right. <laughs> but I, I don't think I, I, I mean, I never, sure there, I had a, I mean, everybody has some things with friends, but, right. um, Mostly it wasn't, mostly it was not that. Was it clicky? Like I grew up in a clicky suburb. If you weren't in this group, then you were fucking. Here's what it was. Here's what it was because my school was not neighborhood. It wasn't about my neighborhood. So I had a lot of Jewish friends that were sort of in New Haven. There was like a Jewish ghetto was called. Right. So I lived in that and then Hebrew school was sort of away and that was other people. And then school was in Hamden and that was other people. So there wasn't this persistent sense of like this persistent group, you know, that was together all the time. I had friends in my neighborhood. I had friends at school. I had friends. So you were well-rounded. You had people from different areas. I I would say so. See, That's so good because I didn't have that because I lived in that fucking shit town. (laughs) But then um, I, I also, um, I was a cheerleader for, oh, this is. Okay, I can't, no fucking I was a way. cheerleader for the Jewish Center. No fucking. Has anybody ever said anything more no. Jewish? Wait. 
they had cheerleaders. The fact that they even had cheerleaders is so, what did they call them? The whiners? (laughs) I hope you win. Don't get hurt. These are the cheers for the Jewish Center. Beep, beep. (laughs) Ungawa. The JCC has got the power. Beep, beep. Mm -mm. Ungawa. This was the easiest. There were no pyramids or, you know. Oh, my God. There was no gymnastics. But it was, we had a lot of enthusiasm. But that is so, oh, please don't get hurt. Boom, boom. <laughs> Don't trip and fall. Was- boom, boom, boom. <laughs> it was very. It was a social thing, and there was. It was a lot of. Uh, there was a lot of hanky panky on the bus. I and, bet. Uh, with those well, that's boys. what all that is. And did you have a uniform for that? It was so cute. Oh my god. And also, then I became a cheerleader. Oh, so this is what happened. Then I, I did not like, see you as a fucking cheerleader. I know. I, I did it for years. I did it like in ninth and tenth grade, and then right. that was. I was like, um, and then I said, uh, "Oh, what's well, cheerleading?" <laughs> I said this. I said, "I was like cheerleading. This is okay. I'll do it for school, and I'll get out of gym." That was like a way to get out of right, gym. Right. Right. Oh, right. So then I joined cheerleading at school, and it was like for football, and it was cold. And oh, it was, I know. I was, I was like, in the band. No, no, no. I know. No, 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 no. Basketball, yes. In the in the gym, and it was right. loud. It was like dance. It was a little bit like dance. You know, right. you could feel like you were. But it, for football, I was like, I got to get out. And they were like, Well, you can't quit. And I was like, I, I'm quitting. And they were like, You can't. I was like, <laughs> and they were like, You have to get. You, you have to get kicked off. I was like, fine, kick me off. <laughs> that was, I think, my approach to life. Here. I, I'm not good at French. I'm out. You know, I think I just th- went through things thinking, well, I'm good at some things. So right. the things I'm not good at, I'll just I'll do. God, you have know. such confidence. And I don't know if that is good. Right. I don't know. No, 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 no. I don't know if that is good because maybe the things I should have learned, I would have learned doing. Oh, shut up. You're doing fine. And was your brother, what was, did you get along with him? Were you guys close? Yeah, we were close. Uh, We, I mean, I love my brother. He's a sweetheart. Um, You know, he was a younger boy. So that also gives you, you know, there's a bigger spread in, in stuff. Right. Um, there was no that re- we didn't have any real problems. We were clo- we were kind of close as two two years apart, boy right. and girl, which seems like you know he's a sweetheart. He and he had kids, which is great. I know, kids. good for your uh, it's good. Your parents got to have yeah. Nathan and That's Isaac. Do do do. Oh my god! I know everything. I know everything. <laughs> scary. I know. So all right, so you graduate and like. D- did you apply to a lot? First of all, did you must- I applied to one school. I applied to Brown. I wanted to go there. I played early admission. I got in and that was that. Uh, you're such, I can't, that is, <laughs> you know, in our synagogue, did you hear Beth Lapidus is going to Brown early admission. <laughs> early admission. Did you, <laughs> did you take an, a, a, the SAT and everything? Yeah, sure, sure. See, I did, I did, did so I did poorly. I had gr- excellent grades. I did so poorly on the SAT. Really? Yeah. yeah. I can't yeah. do it. I'm like standing there going, I, like, I can't even finish it because I'm just like, <laughs> well, <laughs> in this circumstance. Rutgers is a good school. Huh? Okay, whatever. It was $2,500 a semester. <laughs> That's why we went. My, okay. My father went there. And he got a law degree and an MBA there. My brother wow. went there, but then he went to University of Michigan graduate school. My sister went there. I went there. It's like, and my wow. two niece and nephew go there. And your son went there. No, he went to oh. Indiana University. Oh. And where's your other son going? He is playing basketball 
Division One for Tulane, Julane, Julane, and Julane. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, he loves it. He fucking loves it. Amazing. Okay. He's the only Jewish player. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way the reason why the Jewish center basketball team, and we were really good. We would go to the nationals and stuff. It was a great team, actually. Yeah. And um, Jews love basketball. But and they just couldn't get on the the team in school because they're just. I mean, they were good, but they weren't good enough to compete right. with, like you know. Oh, speaking every, of the devil, Ben's actual people. Me. So you went to, you went right to Brown, which is like right in your name. Like it's not like it's very close to New Haven. Yeah, it was the Eastern Seaboard close. It was and you went, there. and I had still have relatives there, and uh, so there was family there. My uncles, my father had four brothers, and. Um, Two of them had actually gone to Brown and they had a store on campus, basically, that was like a men's, uh, you know, like a men's, little men's fine clothing store. My whole clothes, clothes and liquor. That's my whole family, clothes and liquor. So you lived in in, uh, uh, Rhode Island, Providence, Mm -hmm. which I, by the way, because, you know, I'm in Provincetown right now. I I look at your house, it looks fabulous. Uh, it's, it looks better on the fucking Zoom. Thank okay. you. Um, I bought it in 1994 with my all-American girl money. Uh, so yeah, that was smart. I know it's the only smart thing I did. Anyway, um, I mean, you went to the best fucking school in the country. Like, come on, did you know? I, I don't know. It, I don't know. It was. Um, here's what I loved about it. I mean, I loved it then, and I, I, I love how Brown is about difference and that it really like they pride themselves in what you said, uniqueness and that it, you know, that you could do this thing of making your own major and you could do take classes experimentally and not fail. I loved all that about Brown. I mean, I really responded to it and I wanted to. What other, what other cool people were in your class? Nobody. Really? I can't say because then you'll know how old I am. You already know, but whatever. Um, so what people were in the few, cla- the few years before you I don't got know. there? I was, I've always had, had such a weird thing about like fame and, you know, being comfortable with who's the famous. I think I didn't get anything about that. I mean, we live right. in such a culture of fame now. But, you know, it didn't occur to me that, like, oh, you should try to be friends with the Kennedys. Or, you know, it's just like, I don't know. It was just people or people. I just, I see, I've I've had a, you know, I'm more realistic now. But I think I had a very rebellious attitude about fame and who's famous and why they're famous and who has money. And, the you know, all that stuff irked me. I think I'm like... I was a meritocracy idea or something. Right, right, right. And so Do you think, did those people, did they get in because of their name? Like, do they? Because, I mean, you have to, I mean. Well, there is such a thing as a legacy. Yes, I know that, yeah. And because people, they do, I mean, there is a thing about that that's like you do want to keep families in. I mean, even with UNCAB, it's like, well, I like to have the friends of the friends of the people that we have because it makes it a thing. And so, I mean, there is, and there's also the money. It's like, okay, well, they didn't, we were talking about this last night. Like, okay, what's the difference between buying your way in and, you know, having to go to jail for it and donating a building? Right. And and then your kid gets in because you donated a building. I mean, what is the difference? The difference right. is just in amount, really. Right. It's like, oh, okay, it was, they paid more and the, a building was built, but it's the right. same thing. That's but, so true. So, I don't know. So, you're very you know, smart. My, you're very 
That's the one thing I always said about Beth Lapita. She is very, very smart. So, all right. I feel like I'm so much less smart than I used to be, but all right. Oh, shut Um, the fuck up. So you leave, you graduate Brown. Did you, any Mm -hmm. friends that you remain friends with from Brown? Yes. I was going to say it's one of the most amazing things about my Brown experience. Uh, I am still good friends with a number of people. We had a circle that was, in fact, Huh, one of them just called me. Ah, oh, but it's for shared. Right now. Literally right that second. He That's what Ben just down. called when I was um We're we're such fun. I, I can't I mean the universe. It's crazy. Just all the So anyway, we had this group of friends and what I've cherished about it is it's not all artists. You know, the people you meet when you're then out in the world are right. maybe this is a good thing about being a parent that I never got was, you know, you get to meet the parents of the kids and maybe they're all different. And that's a nice right. thing. But um, my friends, we had this group that just formed organically and uh, I, you know, outcasts or we didn't, we weren't jocks and we weren't nerds and we were and you weren't guess, preppy. You know, we weren't preppy. We were just like the arty and right. gay. I mean, you know, right. in retrospect, you know, right, I see right. that's what it that's was. That's what's been so weird. <laughs> because but I, didn't, I didn't get it then and neither right. did anybody, but like, oh, okay. So we all got my to- friends. Yeah, but my, I, I had a group of friends at college and then the summer between junior and senior year, we all came out to each other. Right. It was, it was like that. It was like, okay, yeah. so everybody wasn't, but it was artists and, and right. you know, and somewhere on the spectrum of everything. So, um, we had this little ritual that was does also connect to you know to tie to go back to performance and how it all connects to being comedian and because sometimes i think i'm just so serious i don't even know like well i never i made a decision to be funny you know somewhere in new york and then my friends are like that's ridiculous that's like you've been doing this so we had this thing we used to do (laughs) and there was a new dorm built that i lived in it was for on the pembroke campus it was called new pembroke and they built this room that was for nothing. Like it was like one of these like rec rooms or something, but it was inside the room. There was a weirdly other shaped room that had indoor outdoor carpeting and like a bench and then a hole in the a window in the wall that went to inside. It was just obviously made for getting stoned in. Right. I mean, there was just nothing else you would do in this room. So, or my study. So, um, we would go there. <laughs> We would go there. We, we there would be a thing that with somebody at, at at dinner or lunch or whatever would go like uh you know get a get a pie. So somebody would steal a Boston cream pie, and that would mean we were going to meet at the funny room. We we called it the funny room, and um and we would sit around the ledge and get stoned, get super stoned, and then when we once we were stoned, we would somebody would start going, oh great pie. Oh, great pie. And we would start chanting, oh, great pie. And there was one spoon and you would pass it around and everybody would take one bite until it was done. Until it was done. Yeah. So if you go like it's spirituality and it's commune and it's people trying to find their way. And then there was this window and we would all do shows in the window. We all had shows (laughs) that we did in this this window. And it was just, you know, and I guess I had a show and, um, and so my boyfriend at the time, I'm still really close with him. Of course, I did, you know, uh, my boyfriend and his boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we would sit around listening to the Divine Miss M for hours. Ah. And then, and then um, I never told the story before. 
so I went to, somebody was saying on cabaret and something and I was like I don't know I never even went to a cabaret I mean I saw the movie with my boyfriend and his boyfriend it was like an immersive, <laughs> it was like an immersive experience <laughs> and I did that joke only I've only ever done that joke on stage once and it was at the on cabaret 25th anniversary show and his boyfriend he and they sent me they were the only ones that sent me flowers that night oh that's so great yeah. so we're still and in fact I had just an email from him today and um we're so close. And then my, my, my roommate, uh, her name's Sue Lickman, and she is an amazing, yeah, and an amazing, amazing painter. And she teaches Get Ready for Your Bell. She's a uh, painting professor at Brandeis. <laughs> and, do we uh, do, and do. Her, Yeah. And then her husband is like the head of uh, postgraduate stuff at RISD. And they're is he Jewish? He is not. I'm saying he conged him. What the fuck? She had to. She had to dilute the race. Yeah, you yeah exactly. Well, her, the, the girls are all Jewish, though. Okay. Um, and then so yeah, and then I've you know friend so and my friend Daniel, who's in Provincetown, he's a uh, he he's done many you know scientists and he's it was an incredible book company and there was just all sorts of people, the historians and. And that it was a very eclectic group, and and we have we're not all best friends, but it's a loose group, and we've stayed in touch. And everybody asks about everybody else, and you hear about people anyway. So that is one of the hugest takeaways um, from going there. Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with my friend Beth Lapidus. Woo! How how great is she? I love people I've known forever. Anyway, if you like the show, how can you not? Make sure to subscribe, leave a review. It helps more people find this amazing podcast. Five stars only, please. Thank you very much. Also, if you have not pre-ordered my book yet, which is coming out a week from today on the 28th, a week from Tuesday, you need to pre-order. Yes, I can say that. When they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. It's available for pre-order wherever you get books. July 28th, audiobook two. Uh, Publishers Weekly says about my book, Gold's Defense of Comedy Filled with Great Jokes and Stories of Censored Comics is a reminder that freedom of speech is no laughing matter. So there you go. It would mean so much to me if you would just check it out and please pre-order. I need to make more money than Mary Trump, okay? It's just, I need it, okay? All links are on the homepage of judygold.com. I'm also performing in Provincetown all summer, Monday nights. Uh, I have a solo show on Wednesday nights. I'm with Varla Jean Merman for the Judy and Varla show. So check it out uh, on judygold.com. Uh, follow me uh, on Twitter and Instagram for everything else I'm doing. I'm going to be on, you know, The View and The Today Show, and I'm doing a lot of press for the book. So check it all out. All dates are at Judy Gold at J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, you know, like Jew Gold. Get it? Because I'm a Jew. Anyway, thank you so much. I'm really excited uh, about my book and that um, I love my fans and I love my listeners and just... Be well, and as well, we, we always say, so long, ga, 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 ga. Don't forget to tune in next week to Just Kill Me Now. Um, for, it's Just Kill Me. Oh. Don't forget to turn uh, for part two on Just Kill Me. No, it's not. It's <laughs> just, just Kill Me. Now. No, Judy no. Gold's Just it's Kill Me. Just Kill Me Now. Just, just kill Me Now. <laughs> Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. 
a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.